If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's up? Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of California Coffee and California Politics. As always, sorry, got a lot of things on my mind today. Uh, it's going to be a pretty hectic day for me, so uh, sorry, my mind's all over the place. Uh, good morning, giving everyone a couple minutes to get on before we start. Uh, last night was uh, a good interview. I think it was a really good interview with Angela McArdle. If you haven't listened to it, you can go on YouTube. The audio will be up later, um, so you can listen to that. I thought it was very interesting to talk a little bit more about like the Libertarian Party um, because of... Oh, what's up? Good morning from Arkansas. Awesome. Uh I thought it was interesting to talk about the Libertarian Party, specifically what the Mises Caucus is doing uh, and how they're a little bit different. I think it was good to kind of like dispel some myths about libertarianism because a lot of people just think, well, they're just kind of like socially liberal. Um, They're just socially liberal. Excuse me, I'm going to turn the TV off. Socially liberal Republicans, which I don't really think is is a a fair assessment of it. and also questions about like, well, they're just, you know, libertarians are just for basically anything. They're for legalized drugs and all this crazy bohemian lifestyle. But it was interesting to get a little conversation about how, especially people in the Mises Caucus, can be very socially conservative, um, and that you can be socially conservative. This is this isn't really an ad for libertarianism. I just think it's interesting to listen to other points of view and kind of expand your mind. Um, hopefully she comes back. Uh, we, we kind of discussed a little bit of, of Rothbard and, and anatomy of the state and, um, yeah, hopefully she comes back and we discuss and we go a little bit more into that. Um, also today you're getting a double whammy at 12 o'clock. Anthony Tremino is going to come back, uh, for a return interview to talk about how the campaign is going. Cause remember when I interviewed him last time, he hadn't even officially announced yet. It was sort of like the kickoff of, meeting and, and learning about Anthony Tremino, what he stood for. So I think it'll be interesting to kind of come back and speak with him a little bit more about how the campaign's been going in terms of what has he learned? What has he seen? What has he seen on the ground? What's his closing argument for the recall? So that'll be at 12 PM on YouTube, not on IG live. So it'll be over on YouTube. Uh, you can tune in there. Uh, California underground, same thing. Just follow it. California underground. The logo is there. So it's easy to follow. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it for announcements. Um, next week I will be traveling a little bit. Um, so still going to get the coffee and California politics in on Wednesday. So there, but there won't be a podcast next week because I'll be busy, um, visiting family and stuff like that. So anyway, let's get into what I want to start off this episode with in today's discussion. The recall is less than six days. Well, it's six days away. You know, it's less than a week away. And, you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but, you know, my good friend Brian Burley has been sending me the info and stuff like that. I've been following the numbers. And I, the only thing I can tell you is that things are not looking good unless we get out to vote. Um, I'm not trying to be all doom and gloom, but I think it's important. And I think it's important to kind of acknowledge the reality. And and this kind of goes back to an idea that I I think is very important to really discuss is right now we're looking at a recall where they're trying to say, well, it's the Republicans and the Republicans got to get people out to vote. And, you know, the California GOP is not doing a good job of getting the people out to vote, which in reality, the California GOP, if you were going to rely, uh, if you were relying on the California GOP to get this across the finish line, then you're putting your faith really in the wrong place because they didn't, they weren't the ones who started it. They weren't the ones who um, really got the recall going. Remember they, they only kind of hopped onto the recall later in the process when it looked like it was going to be a reality and they could help kind of push it across the finish line. But all the real work, then I'm going to say that all the real work was done on a grassroots level. It was done by people like you and me who were just kind of fed up with what's going on in California. And that's an important thing to remember about this recall is that at the end of the day, it's not going to be the California GOP who gets this recall across the finish line, because I don't think it is as much as Gavin Newsom wants to say it is. It is not a Republican recall. It's not a Republican recall. It was 
signed by people all over the political spectrum, whether they're far, you know, super conservative or they're Democrats or they're independents. There's a lot of people who signed it because they are frustrated with the way California is going. Now, California, we talked about this last week. California has plenty of legal avenues to go to kind of push back and make your voice heard. They've kind of implemented a lot of these progressive policies that allow more direct involvement of the citizens in our political process. And recall is one of them. Recall is certainly one tool in our tool chest that we can use. It just so happens that we got this one across and now we have a recall of the governor of California, one of the biggest states coming up next week. So what I'm trying to say is that if you're relying on the California GOP to get across the finish line, then don't do that. Um, because the Democrats are pulling out all the stops to, to try and mislabel this. They're, they're trying to say it's a Republican recall. They're trying to say whoever gets elected is going to start killing people somehow, you know, implicitly they'll start killing people. Um, and that's what they're going with. They're going with the fear mongering and it's working. And I'm giving you the bad news that the polling is not how was close, but now it's starting to slip in favor of people voting no. And the, the messaging is working because people look at it and they say, well, forget party politics. I'm more worried about whether or not someone dies of COVID. And, I, and that's a legitimate concern. But and people have that concern. So their messaging is working. And I'm not trying to sit here and bash the California GOP. What I'm trying to really get across is that change in California is going to come from a grassroots level. It's going to come from people who are involved, people who are getting out there, people who are taking the time and making the small sacrifices. And I'm not saying make a huge sacrifice. I'm not saying lose your job over stuff, but, you know, a small sacrifice. Maybe use a day off that you've saved and go to a board of supervisor meeting. Um, if you take some time and go help collect signatures for another recall. Someone says, do you really trust the polls? I don't know. The polls have been all over the place, but a lot of polls are trending in the wrong direction. So you can take them with a grain of salt. Um, and right now, if you're looking at the numbers in Orange County, like I said, Brian Burley's doing a great job giving you the updates on that. And they have a lead. They have a huge lead that now Republicans or people who are voting, and I'm not saying Republicans, I'm saying people who are going to come out and vote yes on the recall need to catch up with. Um, where was I going with this? So it, it, it does require a little bit of sacrifice. In social media, as much as we all love to sit on social media and we love to sit here and share posts, and I know a lot of people send me stuff to post on my platform and stuff like that, um, that only goes so far. And, and, and in terms of really kind of like activism, that is probably about the minimal amount of effort you could do in activism. I'm sorry to say that. I know a lot of people have families. I know a lot of people are busy and stuff like that, but sharing stuff on social media is about the minimal amount of activism you can do that may or may not translate into real grassroots. Um, it starts with a spark. It starts with one person. And, and you know, we had this whole discussion down here in San Diego about recall Nathan Fletcher, recall Tara Lawrence Reamer, and discussions about who is doing what and who's getting stuff started. And um, I can tell you right now, it's it's one guy who started Tara Lawson, Lawson Reamer. He went out and he started it. He got the petition going. He went to a spot up in North County. He collected, I don't know, more than enough signatures, backups to the signatures, and he signed up about 70 volunteers already. Um, that's it. It was one guy. One guy just decided he's going to do it, and he got something going. And it starts with a little spark. I know a lot of people want immediate results. People are like, I want immediate results. I want to change things. And I've said this before. Even the recall itself is not going to change that much overnight. It may get you a new governor. It may stem the tide for another year, but it doesn't change the fact that we still have a democratic supermajority. It doesn't change the fact that the legislature is very skewed democratically. Does it hold off a little bit? Not really because a governor can veto a bill, but when you have a democratic supermajority, at the end of the day, the Democrats can just go back to the legislature and vote again, and they can get it past the governor. There's a veto proof majority right now. So, the point that I'm trying to make is that now is not the time 
to kind of kick your heels back and say, we got it. It's on the ballot. We're going to vote on it next week. Now is not the time. With a week to go, less than a week to go, now is not really the time. And it's also not the time to kind of kick back and think this is the only thing that will save California. That if the recall fails and doesn't get through and, and Noodle survives to another you know, another year because he does have to go up for re-election next year, that's not the only thing that can be done. And I think people need to realize that these big gestures, like a big recall of the governor, is one step. It's one step. When in reality, a lot of people should be getting involved on their local level because you can see how fast something spreads on a local level. And I'm super proud. And yeah, I'm going to boast about how San Diego has really become the epicenter of freedom fighters who are really getting on the national news and making their voices hurt. I mean, you look at all the people who show up to these board of supervisor meetings and see how people sit there for 14 hours to have their voices heard. That's just incredible. That's incre- that's activism. That's getting your voice out. And that's one part of it. It's one part to have your voice heard. It's another to start organizing. It's another to start talking to people. It's another to start acting and getting activism going where you can change things. And if you can change things on a local level, you can change things on a state level because it's really just a a game of scale. If you have a winning platform, if you have winning candidates, if you have a winning strategy, if you have people who are going to get out and vote uh, or you're going to help get the vote out, then all of a sudden you have a replicatable strategy that can be used throughout the entire state. And it starts county by county. And if you can knock one county off, and get that county, then you move on to the next county. And you say, great, we're going to move on to this county. And then you say, well, we're going to now change it to that county. Um, so there is a there is a big emphasis on activism um, in the sense that we have to get people out and about and we have to get people engaged in the political process. And, and right now, you have to do your part, whatever part that is, whether you want to be a poll observer, whether you want to be or an election observer, because um, at this point, I don't think you can be a poll worker anymore. But if you want to be an election observer, if you want to help people, if you want to help get out the vote, if you want to help start making phone calls, there's phone banks, there's stuff like that. And there's really a, an amount of stuff that you can do to get active. And that's what I'm really kind of prescribing. Um I, you know, I want to get, I want to say this quote from Teddy Roosevelt, who, you know, I brought him up before and I, 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 he's one of my favorite presidents. I love him. He did say this and he said, get action, do things, be sane. Don't fritter away your time, create, act, take a place wherever you are and be somebody. And that's really what's going to change California. Um, the Democrats are very good at getting people out. They're very good at getting people to to get engaged in the process. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to just be Republicans. It has to be people who are worried about California. It's about people who want to change things. And usually it just takes one person to kind of stand up and say, I'm going to do something. You know, I'm going to start that recall petition. I'm going to run for school board. I'm going to run for city council and it really be, I'm going to go to my local party meeting. I'm going to become a delegate and then I'm going to vote on stuff at the party level to make sure that the platform makes sense. These are things that people have to start getting involved in. And I'm, I was very happy to see people get more and more into local politics as the year of uh, COVID went on, as we started to see how much power local politicians have. And, you know, we talked about this last night, Angela and I, uh, we talked about how important it is your local politicians are supporting your values and representing what you stand for. And you can really see the immense power that a county supervisor board has or that a city council has or that a mayor has. Like all this stuff is very, very important to get involved with. So in reality, the the we have we are so close to the finish line when it comes to a recall. It's important that people not just kick back and say, we've got this or any, we have to treat this like we're down 10 to one or something. And we got to go out and we got to get people to go out and just blow it away. Do I think there'll be a big push starting this weekend? 
probably. I think you'll start to see numbers uh, kind of even out a little bit. Uh, I know here in San Diego that you can start doing the early voting in person here this weekend. So, yeah, there are we still have a lot of people who are waiting to vote in person, which is great. Um, But we also want to let people know that whether they're voting or not, say, like, talk to one person. If if one person talks to another person and that changes and one person spreads it, it does start to make a difference. Um, And that's really what it comes down to, is that we can't just sit around sharing stuff on social media. Memes are fine and stuff like that. It is it is a war of, like, culture and information. Um, But in the end of the day, when we put down the phone, we get off social media, we do have to get up and start doing stuff and we have to make action and we have to get action, as Teddy Roosevelt says, and we have to get involved in the process and we have to maybe raise our hand. And if you look around and think, why is no one doing anything? Maybe you're the person who has to raise your hand. Maybe you're that person. If you're looking around and it's something that you're passionate about and you say, man, no one else is really really raising their hand and talking about this, maybe I should do it. You'd be surprised that all of a sudden you might find a whole bunch of people who come out of nowhere and support you. Um, and that's all it takes. It really just takes a couple people to really get the spark going. And if you're that person, go ahead and go ahead and go out there and do it and and keep that fire and that passion after the recall win or lose. I think you have to keep the passion going forward because there's still an election next year. And you got to think that there's still an election next year. They're still going to be campaigning for Newsom next year. And next year you'll have more of a one-on-one and whoever that other person may be. I don't know if someone like Larry Elder is going to stay in the race for 2022 Um, There's some people who are already declared for 2022 and they're going to stay in the race and they're going to fight it out. Um, But at the end of the day, we have to get more involved and we we can't just sit by and and say it's all going to be taken care of. Somebody else took care of it. I just have to do the bare minimum. I'm just going to share this thing on social media. And that's the end of the day, you know, and every little small sacrifice, it doesn't have to be a huge sacrifice. It doesn't have to be this enormous, um, you know, you don't have to sacrifice your whole job and stuff like that. It just has to be a little sacrifice. You know, it may be taking yourself out of your comfort zone. It may be speaking up at a board supervisor meeting and you're not a fan of public speaking, but it is those little things. It is those little things that do change people's minds. It does change people's perception because more people see it and they say, well, I can do that or I can support that person who's doing that. And before you know it, it becomes a movement. And, And what started as just one person like uh, like Mike with the recall loss and Reamer, Tara loss or Reamer. Uh, it was one person. It was one person who said, I'm going to try and recall her. I want to get a petition going. He got connected with the right people. Now he's got more than enough volunteers to get this thing going. And he's got enough signatures. And now it's going to be published and it's going to be served. And away we go. Now all of a sudden you've got a process going and it just starts. It, it's not... A slam dunk, it's not going to happen overnight. It does require a lot of work. It does require a lot of hours. So that's really what I'm trying to say is that keep the passion, keep that sort of drive to keep going, even after the recall, win, lose, or draw. Well, it's got to be win, lose. It can't be win, lose, or draw. Um, And look at the positives moving forward because there's still going to be a very upset electorate amount of the electorate going forward. There, it's not like people are all of a sudden just going to tune out and go, ah, well, I'm done. Okay. Well, the recall didn't pass. And therefore, uh, you know, that's it. I'm just going to, I'm going to give up. Um, but I think that's, that's really what we got to keep that, that, that going because that amount of people who are still pissed off in the electorate still have to keep fighting after the recall, because there's still next year, there's going to be state assembly seats. There's going to be state senator seats. There's going to be a lot of opportunity to chip away at what's going on in California and make changes. Um, you know, Nathan Fletcher, he's up for election next year. Who's going to run against him? Who's going to fight against him? Who's going to, you know, take him head on? Yeah, it's going to be tough, but someone's got to step up and do it. And that's what it comes down to is someone's got to raise their hand and do it. So don't take your foot off the pedal is, is the final thing that I want to say. Don't take your foot off the pedal just because we're a week out. Tell people 
act like this is really like we're we need as many people as possible to go out and vote yes on the recall which is important and, and just talk to people there's people who don't even know there's a recall going on there's people who don't even really care there's a recall going on i mean make sure that they they might be like into saying yes don't start activating like people who are going to go out and vote no um so that's really it and you know any little way you can if you want to uh get involved so that's my my spiel for this morning um in terms of voting in person go to your county registrar this is always my answer about everything just go to your county registrar i know people are saying like secretary shirley weber is trying to deceptively hide that from people where that where they go but in reality just go to your county registrar because it's not really up to the secretary of state to tell you it's more up to the county registrar who organizes your election so just go there and if you put in like here in san diego they'll tell you all the in-person voting locations you just put it in so and yes i'm drinking out of a, a louder with crowder mug today um i don't usually kind of like want to promote someone else's show uh, but because he had been gone and he went through a whole bunch of surgery and he's back this week, I wanted to, um, you know, just say it's nice to have him back. All right. So let's get into some comments and questions. I, I may have to cut this a little shorter today because I do have a lot of stuff going on, uh, a lot of work to get done. So probably might be only like 45 minutes today. So let's get those questions and comments in. Um, do you think Biden coming out will help noodles? Uh, it will help galvanize. Um, it will help galvanize people who are already pretty much pro no anyway. Like the question is whether it's really going to galvanize a lot of independents because independents are kind of, they're kind of split right now in Biden's approval rating. His approval rating is really in the garbage. Um, so early in his presidency, he's already underwater, which is not good. I mean, Afghanistan didn't help him. Um, so I, am not sure if it helps. Kamala is not even really that popular and those two alone, I'm not sure if they really kind of move the needle one way or the other. It helps the, the, the galvanized no vote already. The people who are already going to be out there and voting no, and already know about this, they're, they're going to be galvanized. Is it going to help people, um, who are on the fence? I don't think so. I, you know, it might not convince people who are already skeptical of Biden and don't think he's doing a great job. And if Biden comes out and supporting noodles, then um, it's not really going to move the needle that much. So if you had a super popular president who was coming out and helping him, that may make a difference. But, uh, you know, it's one reason why I think like Trump hasn't really gotten involved in this recalls because, you know, Trump's a polarizing figure in California and you really need those independents and you need moderate Democrats to come over and vote yes on this recall to make it pass. Um, and I think someone like Trump might be more polarizing. And I think Biden is kind of polarizing as well to a lot of people. And he isn't very popular and he isn't really doing a great job. So uh, the poll numbers show that he's he's underwater and I don't think it really helps him. And I don't think a lot of people are like showing up and being, well, you know, we'll see the um, is it today? I think it's today at the Capitol. We'll start to see, I think Larry Elder will be there. Um, but we'll see today sort of the enthusiasm of people who are going to show up for the pro yes crowd as opposed to the pro no crowd. So if there's a lot of enthusiasm at the Capitol today, I think that, that, that's a good, um, I think that's a, a really good way to gauge sort of the enthusiasm behind this. And if there's a lot of people and this weekend is really going to be, um, this is, this weekend is really going to be indicative of how people show up because the, you know, the, the Republicans always wait until voting in person. Um, I know there's Republicans who have already mailed in their ballots and they, they tracked it and stuff like that, which is fine. You can do that. You can track your ballot in some counties like here in San Diego. Um, so you can track it to make sure it got there. Um, but we'll see a better number going into this weekend because I think there are a lot of people who will be a lot closer last week. I know in orange County, you could have started early voting. It was kind of a dismal showing based on the numbers. I saw that not a lot of people really showed up to vote in person, but I think people wait until like right before the election. They don't really want to uh, get out there too early. Um, but we'll see. It's going to come down to the wire. I'd hate to see this get blown out. You know, the second best case scenario that I see coming out of the recall is 
you know, the first best re- scenario is that Noodles loses and he, he's recalled and we're, we're out of, and we're done with Noodles. The second best scenario that I see is that it's very, very close, that it's within like two or three points. Why is that a good thing, even if it loses? Because it shows that the electorate in California is changing. And it shows that there is sort of this uh, animosity towards this administration. And I think that's really important. I think that's important for people to understand that if you see millions and millions of people show up to vote to recall uh, noodles, and it's very, very close, that should send shivers down their spine because it knows that those people who voted to recall him, if they lose, are going to be galvanized even more to get him out of office in 2022. So you can guarantee that those millions of people who vote yes on the recall are likely also going to vote for another candidate outside of Gavin Newsom come 2022. That's the second best case scenario. So that's why I say like it's important to get people out so that you can show the numbers of how many people are really kind of dissatisfied with what's going on in California. Um, I know quite a few people waiting because they don't want Newsom to have a solid idea of how many dead people need to vote for him at the last minute. I mean, that's possible. Yeah, a lot of people kind of wait until the last minute. They may show up on September 14th. Um, There may be a surge of people coming in. And if we see like a tapering off of the mail-in ballots and, you know, the numbers we're seeing, we're only seeing Democrat and Republican. So that's not to say every Republican is voting yes and every Democrat is voting no. There could be some crossover, but just as a vague idea of like numbers, I mean, it all kind of, you kind of figure it out based on what it is. Um, so if we start to see sort of those numbers start tapering off towards the end of the week, that the mail-in voting has kind of slowed down in the last couple of days, that's not a good sign for Gavin Newsom because it means that they've, they've exhausted the people who are really engaged. Uh, that's also not to say there might be a lot of Democrats who show up on voting in person. They may show up and vote on person in the last day. So there is that possibility. My fear is his wrath. If he isn't recalled, I see more draconian mandates and another lockdown. Possibly. Yeah, there's certainly a possibility he could go. We could go backwards. But the problem with that is, I mean, I think there's definitely a good possibility. I think the only problem with that is that may stop him is he still got to run next year. And I think if you go completely backwards on COVID, it shows that you didn't successfully beat COVID. And one of his whole things, and especially in these last weeks, has been, oh, Gavin Newsom has managed to fight back the virus and keep us safe and da 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 And then if all of a sudden, after the recall, he goes backwards, people will look at it and go, were you keeping us safe? I don't think you really were keeping us safe. Or were you just holding on to these cards until after the recall? So I think there's... Um, there is a sort of that little bit of a safeguard that in 2022, he still has to run again in 2022. And if he all of a sudden turns around and goes, oh, I'm going to lock everything down and we're going backwards and we're going turning into Australia, you're going to see a lot of pushback. And you're going to see a lot of pushback from people who maybe there'd be a lot of regret of people who voted no to keep them. will say all of a sudden, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Um, wait a second. Um we voted no because you were protecting us. Now all of a sudden we're going backwards and my kids can't go back to school. And now I can't go back to work. And you know, if I was working at a restaurant, now the restaurants are closed again. Um, so that's one thing that I think is that he, at the end of the day, I don't think he he's going to go backwards on that. It's kind of like I was thinking this morning that if everybody remembers, it was over a month ago, probably about a month ago, Jack Posbiak had tweeted that lockdowns, nationwide lockdowns are coming next week. They're drafting up the plans. Um, you know, be ready next week, start stocking up. And that tweet was like heard around the world is heard around the entire nation. And I had said, I was like, ah, I'm skeptical that they actually want to do this because it doesn't look good for them. Polling wise, it shows that they're not handling the situation as bad or as well as they want to. And I think that's that's sort of the catch 22 is that they want to position themselves to say we've handled it better than Donald Trump and any Republican has. But if you go backwards and you kind of go back to lockdowns and everything, it's an admission that you're not handling everything as well. So I think that's sort of that damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. It's been over a month since that tweet has come out. And I haven't heard any rumblings about the Biden administration wanting to 
lock down the nation again, I, especially after Afghanistan. I don't think he has any interest in doing something as unpopular as locking down the nation all over again, especially going into wintertime and the Christmas season and all that stuff. I don't think he wants to do that. Because um, remember, politicians, they like to stay in power and they'll lie through their teeth to make sure they stay in power and they will sell you the, the narrative that gets them reelected. And if the narrative is, hey, everything's hunky-dory and we're doing well and you know we're beating back COVID and look at our policies, they're working. But if you go backwards, then it's an admission that your policies aren't working. So then maybe we need to do a change because whatever you're doing isn't working. So especially, you know, you also got 2022 is big midterm year. And it looks like historically, I think there's only been one president in modern history who hasn't lost that, uh, who hasn't lost Congress. I'm trying to remember who it was, but I think it was only one president who hasn't lost control of Congress at the midterm within their first two years. It usually, it always flips. Um, and, and you know, it with the way Biden's been going, there's a really good chance that a lot of Democrats are now distancing themselves from Biden and his administration and his policies because he's been so unpopular. I mean, look at just the way Joe Manchin flipped from being for the transportation bill, then all of a sudden Afghanistan happened. Um, and then all of a sudden, now he's like, hey, let's put a pause on it. Let's wait. Because he knows that anything that's probably attached to Biden and any sort of victory for him is probably toxic in the end. So, all right, let's get some more questions. So why is California News still pushing Wuhan cases, continuing to increase? Seems kind of gearing up for something. Um, I think they, they're, they're pushing for something because I don't know if it's lockdowns. I don't know if it's going to be lockdowns again because it's just not popular. I think there's a lot of people who are, are pro-liberty Democrats who are not for this at the end of the day. They, they did all they were supposed to do. They did the vaccines. They did. They stayed at home. They followed the rules. And at the end of the day, if you say, well, we got locked down again, I don't think it looks good. So, um, do, 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 do. let me see. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of questions. Let me go back. I would prefer to have the worst Republican versus the best Democrat as governor. I wonder who the worst, Dem- who, who would be the worst Republican to have as governor? Um, in addition to the bills that are waiting, yeah, there are big issues coming down the pike, especially with AB four five five and eleven oh two, and Diane Feinstein's seat. You know that I don't know if she'd hold on as long as she could if there was a Republican governor. My son's girlfriend is a big Democrat, and she's voting yes for the recall. I did not see that coming. Yeah, there's probably a good amount of Democrats who are voting yes because they they aren't a fan. Do, 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 do. Let's see, what other questions? People are being encouraged to vote in person on the last day. I'm not sure why, but I believe that's what many are waiting for. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people who are, they're going to wait till the last day. They're going to wait till September 14th, and uh, they're going to, and they're going to vote in person. Let's see. Can you check question box? Oh, let's see. Did someone have a question? Let's see. Someone has a question. Um, do you know what's going on with AB 1102? Because everyone is still fighting it, but I don't see language about vaccines in the bill anymore. Um, yeah, they've been dropped for now, but um, I have to look into it a little bit more. I've been a little crazy busy on stuff uh, to see exactly what's going on with AB 1102, but I think it, it politically, it's just not, it's not advantageous for them right now. And I think they know that with the recall coming up, they certainly didn't want to pass it in these past two weeks and then send it to Newsom's desk to have him sign right before the recall, because if he signed it right before the recall, it's going to look really, really bad. And that would not be, not be advantageous to keeping their guy in power. So which is funny because if you think in a democratic supermajority, they wouldn't really care about what people think. If they have such a huge advantage, they'd think like it doesn't really matter. But I guess they're worried about it enough that it's going to be so close that at the end of the day, a bill like that could tip the scales in one, one way or the other. Do you suggest voting in person or dropping off my ballot? Um, I'm, I'm voting in person uh, because... I, you know, it's a simple, simple election. And usually in, in normal elections, like next year, when there's a whole, you know, crap ton of people, 
I will stay home. I will sit it and figure out my ballot. I will go through every single person. I'll read their platform. It's kind of a, a nice process where I sit around, you know, pour myself a nice glass of whiskey, make a whole whole evening out of it. Look at everybody, compare different things, you know, compare different stances on uh, the different propositions and read them and trying to get the, an idea. And that takes a while and you can't do that in a, in a voting booth. Um, so I will sit down and I'll do that. But in this case, I'm going to go vote in person because it's super easy. You have two questions, uh, drinking and voting. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not like a lot of drinking. It's like, you know, like a nice, nice drink to kind of chill out and kind of, you know, make, make night of it. And it, you know, that's always a fun way to have a little social gathering, have people over. Have a little vote party, you know, bring, tell everyone to bring their ballots and have people look over stuff and people have questions, you know, bring out your iPads and your laptops and have a little fun evening out of it. You know, I think that sounds like to me as a nerd and a wonk like that, I think that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, but in this turn, in this case, if you can vote in person, I highly, highly recommend you go vote in person because it's a super, super easy election. There's two questions. Do you want to recall? And I'm assuming everybody on this live right now and listening to this is for the yes and uh, the next question is, who do you want to replace him? I don't really care who you pick to replace him. I'm just more worried about the yes. Uh, so at the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to. Will I share who I'm voting for? No, I will never share who I'm voting for. Uh, because that's not important. As I've said before, that's not really important who I'm voting for. It's who you end up deciding based on your own research and your own personal feelings, your own personal beliefs, who you want to end up voting for. Because I can't tell you who to vote for based on all this because at the end of the day, it doesn't, you know, especially in a recall, it's tough to kind of say vote for this person over that person because it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's a recall where there's 40 different candidates. Everybody feels very passionately about their candidates. So for me to pick one or the other doesn't really help at the end of the day. That's not to say in the general election, when we're kind of looking at one versus one, you can't say this candidate is clearly better than this candidate. But in terms of a recall, it's not really important who I'm voting for. Yeah, the most important part is the first question. Vote yes. That's I, I fully endorse voting yes. That's my whole thing. I, I fully endorse voting yes on the recall. Um, let's see. They can still adjudicate the drop boxes ballots, though. Um, I mean, they, they examine all ballots when they come in. So uh, it, it's not like they're locked in. Um, they still that's what like poll workers do is they still kind of look at this stuff. And that was sort of the big deal with 2020 was that you saw a lot of poll workers kind of doing fishy things with the, the votes. Um, but, yeah, they can still be adjudicated because you don't you know, they have to look at every single ballot make sure it's right or wrong for good or for better or for worse. I mean, you want to make sure that they're, they're checking every ballot to make sure it's, it's legit and it's legal. Thank you for not sharing who you vote for. Appreciate that you are giving a platform for info. Yeah, that's, that's the whole point. This isn't really the, you know, the, the Phil personal thing where I like tell you all my stuff and be like, you should agree with me 100%. Um, that's not really what this is about. This is about creating a platform where people can, can hang out. They can, chat they can connect with each other the best place to connect is always the discord because you can take your conversations with with all you offline well kind of offline off instagram and go on discord and chat which is actually it gets more and more um more active which i love to see i love seeing that people are just kind of connecting and sharing stories and chatting about stuff um and that's always great so why do democrats take our civil rights away and not fear re-election i don't get them because a lot of when they couch the way they take away your civil rights and your constitutional rights, it's always couched in language that Democrats would agree with. Um, like, for example, this whole resolution that was passed in San Diego about this idea of you have to stop medical misinformation to save lives and you have to do it because otherwise the hospitals will be overloaded and, you know, they're going to spread all this medical misinformation and increase vaccine hesitancy. And they couch it in a way. Yeah. Don't try to mean nails it. It's for your safety. It's this whole mantra of like, well, we have to do these things because it's for the public good. And 
that language could easily be flipped on its head um, because it's not they they always position it as well we're part of the empathetic left that cares about the community we care about everybody um and i always found it interesting that during 2020 when things were locked down and and, and businesses were going under and, and kids weren't going to school i always found it interesting that they never acknowledged the other consequences of their actions it was always well we have to do all this stuff because we're in it together and therefore, you have to give up all these rights and you have to hand over your constitutional rights. And it's for the community. It's for the safety. But they never really discuss, oops, excuse me, they never really discuss how the consequences of these actions harm other people and other people in the community. They never really talk about that. And I think that's something that the language is, the language war, they kind of took that high ground and said, well, we're doing it because we're, we're such good people and we're empathetic. When in reality, the language war should be, well, you're actually being selfish because of your idea that this one way is to solve everything. And you're not looking at all the, the factors. You're not looking at the people who are losing their businesses, who can't provide for their family or pay their mortgage or, or put food on the table. You're not looking at the kids who are suffering and not going through school, who will spend the rest of their, their lives being behind a year because of your policies. So in actuality, you're being selfish because you're only pushing your one agenda. So it is always this couched way. And I mean, this goes on through history. Uh, this is not the first time in history that any sort of government has looked at people and said, well, we need to abdicate your rights for the general safety. We have to take away your personal liberty for the general safety. Um, and they've run with it and they've, they've expanded it and they've abused it. And I'm upset that the Supreme Court kind of sits on their hands and doesn't make any ruling because just one Supreme Court case where they say, yeah, you can declare a public emergency or a public health crisis. However, you can't violate people's constitutional rights willy nilly. I mean, of course, the Supreme Court is not going to say willy nilly, but you get my drift that we need one Supreme Court case where they just lay out the law of the land and say, this is what you have to do. You can have a public health crisis. You can declare it doesn't mean you get to run roughshod all over people's constitutional rights that you still have to protect them and that alone could change a lot of jurisprudence in the entire nation and california um i mean the the religious liberty one was was great because it did say that you can't infringe upon it and you can't close down churches so that was a big one i think i went over it with justice uh justice gorsuch who kind of eviscerated the argument in california and basically said like you can't do you can't just close churches and tell people they can't have um the ability to exercise their religion and go worship in person. So I think there's a, a video about it a while back. I don't know if it's up on Instagram or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's always for your safety. That's the language is that's always for your safety. Uh, 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 what do people, what do you recommend for people given the option to get the vaccine or get fired? There's no legal standing for us in churches in SD are willing to give, um, willing to give a religious exemption, work with your employer. Um, I think we talked about this now. This is not legal advice. This is just me saying like, work with your employer. You know, a lot of, a lot of this might be able to be kind of resolved. If you just kind of sit down with your employer and say like, here's my concerns. Is there a way to accommodate? And, and you know, you can go listen to the episode with me and Ryan Carlson, where we go and we talk all about employment law and the different ways around this. Not around it, but the ways to address this in a civil matter. You know, sometimes you catch more honey or you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. So, you know, first thing to do is just talk to your employer and see like what your options are. Sometimes people assume what it is. Sometimes they're stringent. Sometimes they're like, you have to get it and or you'll be fired. Um, and that's a whole different issue. And then you can contact an employment attorney and be like, is this fair? Can they do this? Uh, but most of the time you can really just talk to people. My friend is a nurse here in San Diego and got religious exemption from them. Uh, Awakened church, I'm assuming. Mm -mm -mm. There's no talking. It's all politics. Calvary Chapel in Chino giving religious exemption. So there are churches who are giving out religious exemptions. Um, so there are ways around it. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's not comfortable and it's not great. It's not an ideal situation. That's for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, you do what you got to do. You know, people got to survive. And you got to get creative. 
they actually have a number you can text to start getting it going. I'm assuming that's a religious exemption. All right. A couple more minutes and then I got to get going. I got a big hearing coming up. So I want to get ready for that. So any more questions, final comments before I hop off for the day? Remember, it's a double whammy today, so I'm not jipping you so much on the coffee and California politics because you're also going to get Anthony Tremino at 12 o'clock um, on YouTube. So show up on YouTube. That's where we'll be streaming it live. Um, also on Facebook, I'm trying this new thing where you can stream on Facebook as well as YouTube. Yeah, I have a Facebook page. I don't ever check it. It's mostly just kind of repost from what's going on on Instagram. Do, 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 do. You can also, my daughter's taking another semester off from CBU because they're being too difficult about it. Yeah, it's rough. You know, it's it's not the ideal. Currently at the Capitol fighting for our rights. Excellent. Um, yeah, I, I'll be interested to see the turnout. I'll be interested to see how it ends up. I'll be interested to see what's going on. And, um, if there's, if there's a lot of support, like I said, if there's a lot of enthusiasm and thousands show up, that's a good sign. That's a good sign going into the final weekend before the recall, because it shows a lot of people are ready to go. Um, come out to the protest if people are in sack. Yeah. Like I said, go out and check it out. If you can take some time off, go out and do it. Go check it out. Get involved. That might be your first political event. You may love it. So keep an eye on that. I think I'm pretty sure Larry Elder's going to be there, but it'll be, it'll certainly be big news if there's thousands of people who show up and, um, you know, we'll see the enthusiasm. We'll see if the, I mean, I'm sure the media will, will pick every person with a red hat and take a picture of them and, you know, put it on the front page of every paper come tomorrow morning. That's just how it is. Unfortunately, that's how the media is. But I think a lot of people are starting to see that. Um, they do not own our babies or our bodies. I can't believe they get away with this. Yeah. Well, the problem is people kind of sat on the sidelines for so long and this is what happens. Now we got to kind of work extra hard to change it back. It's like, you know, when you sit on the sidelines for too long, they took advantage. They took advantage of apathy and, and, you know, an opposition party that really doesn't have a platform other than being contrarian. And, you know, here we are. We're in this position. Now, if we were a more even keeled state legislature, it'd be better. Probably be a little bit more pushback and stuff like that. Maybe we could get them to get rid of Noodle's emergency powers, but that's not where we're at. So it's the situation we're in. We kind of got to roll up our sleeves and get at it and start changing things. Where can I find your interview with Angela? Uh, if you want to listen to it right now, um, you can go to YouTube, California Underground on YouTube, um, and that's where it is. Audio version will be up later. Like I said, I do have a lot of stuff to get to today. So be working on that and getting that out later. Um, But it's very interesting. Anybody who's kind of libertarian curious, I would definitely tell you to go check it out and listen to what Angela has to say. may change your mind about some things. Uh, If you're interested, you know, go check out the Mises Caucus and see what they're up to. You know, like I said, right now, the California GOP really only has one platform, which is we're not the Democrats. And I don't think that's a winning platform. I think there needs to be more emphasis on like a proactive platform from the Republican Party. Um, I'll change those things. I've been working on some stuff behind the scenes about that. But, you know, maybe one day soon I'll I'll reveal that to everybody what I've been working on. But I think it needs to be a different platform. And I think Mises Caucus, Libertarians are at least putting a platform out there. They're saying like we're against all this stuff. And... Here's what we stand for, which is important because you have to stand for something if you want people to stand with you. That's a good quote. You know, you can save that quote. You can reuse it. Just make sure you give a little head nod to to Phil from California Underground. People will stand with you if you stand for something. There you go. All right. I'm going to hop off. Like I said, I got a lot of stuff to do. And then I got the interview with Anthony Tremino at 12 o'clock over on YouTube. So head over there. Um, share. I know there's a lot of Tremino people who love, uh, who follow this. Uh, so, you know, spread the word. It's always great. We'll take some questions so you can interact with him on different things. And, um, as always, uh, 9am every Wednesday, uh, there will be one next week after the recall. There's no way I can actually not give you guys, uh, a California coffee and California politics the day after the recall. That would be 
feel like I'd be depriving you. I mean, we talk about it so much. Uh, but it will be uh, on the East Coast. Like I say, I'll be visiting family. So um, I'll have to remember that it's actually going to be like lunchtime for me to have coffee in California politics, but it'll be morning for you guys. Um, but uh, anyway, we're still going to do it and we're still going to, we're still going to chat. Um, we're going to talk about what the hell happened the night before, whether it's good news, whether it's bad news, we'll kind of break it down. And that's basically it. So with that said, thank you everyone for, as always tuning in. I'll see you at 12 o'clock uh, over on YouTube for Anthony Tremino. And if you haven't already check out the podcast. Um, I know a lot of people wait for the Instagram stuff, but there's about, there's going to be almost a hundred episodes soon. And I got to figure out what to do for my hundredth episode. And I'll take suggestions. What should I do for my hundredth episode of California underground? So there's almost a hundred episodes of California underground. Go listen there. There's great interviews. There's great in-depth interviews talking with a lot of people who are doing, like we said, this action stuff that we're talking about. There's a lot of people out there doing this stuff that I, I get on the podcast. We're talking about this stuff and tell you how to get involved. So yeah, you can find podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, Podbean. I mean, it's like on a whole bunch of different platforms. So you can like, subscribe, review. Uh, when will we know the results from the recall? Probably that maybe that night they might project it that night. Um, who knows? It may be super close and they may not know that night. And, you know, Wednesday morning, we may not have any idea what's going on. Um, but who knows? So when will the hundredth episode be? I'm not really sure because it's kind of like haphazard in the sense of like, you record a coffee in California politics and then the interview last night is an episode and the interview today with Anthony Tremino is another episode. He'll be episode 98. So there's really two more episodes. Um, I guess the next coffee in California politics will be episode 99, which means 100 will have to be after I come back from my travels. So with that said, thank you everyone for tuning in as always. Um, I will see you guys later at 12 PM. And, um, yeah, see you on the next one. Later. for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it, and follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 